Dr. Mark Joe. Repentance means I'm going one way and I turn around and I go in an opposite direction. It means a turnaround, a turnabout. Repentance means I know that I've been living in a way that's displeasing to God. And so now I choose a way that's God's way. It may be a harder way. It may be a more narrow way. It may be a more difficult way. But I choose the path of God because although the path is harder, the life is better in God, the life of God. Peace with God is what I want. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Welcome to a special Easter edition of Moody Presents, a half hour full of hope that we need and teaching you can trust. With Dr. Mark Job, president of the Moody Bible Institute, I'm John Geiger. And before we start today's message, let's hear Pastor Mark share a little of his heart on this very special weekend. Yeah, and I'm so excited about this weekend because we are celebrating not only the death of Jesus, which is a somber moment, but the death makes no sense without the resurrection. On the third day, Jesus rose from the grave and it gives hope and life and the power to salvation. And so I hope you join us for this message because this is what Christianity is all about. Well, just ahead of today's teaching segment, could I ask you to pray a prayer for us? asking that God would settle our hearts and open our eyes to His Word for us today here on Moody Presents. Father, I thank You for all the people that are going to hear the gospel. I thank You, Lord Jesus, for those full of fear, anxiety, depression, loneliness, needing the gospel of Jesus. God, would You give pastors boldness in the pulpit? Would the gospel be clear? I pray that we would see literally thousands upon thousands of people come to know You this Easter Sunday as we celebrate the power and the resurrection of Jesus, our Savior and Lord, in whose name I pray. Amen. You know, the hope that the Easter story brings us couldn't come at a better time. And I can promise you that you'll get more out of today's message if you're able to find a Bible and open it to Luke's gospel. Now here's our teacher, the president of Moody Bible Institute, Dr. Mark Job on Moody Presents. I love the way that Max Lucado put it, author Max Lucado. He said, the cross... It rests on the timeline of history like a compelling diamond. Its tragedy summons all sufferers. Its absurdity attracts all cynics. Its hope lures all seekers. History has idolized it and despised it, gold-plated it and burned it, worn it and trashed it. History has done everything but ignore it. That's the option that the cross does not offer. No one can ignore it. How can you ignore a piece of lumber that suspends the greatest claim in history? Its bottom line is sobering. If the account is true, it is history's hinge, period. If it is not, it's history's hoax. That's why the cross of Jesus Christ is what really matters. I want you to know that what happened 2,000 years ago on that mount called Golgotha was not just the death of a martyr, a good person, a leader, a revolutionary. It was much more than that. You see, the death of Jesus had been predicted by prophets centuries before it happened. Jesus himself said, I will go, and in three days, I will raise again. Uh, 
prophets had foretold it. Jesus had talked about it. The disciples knew about it. The high priest had heard about it enough that they sent a platoon of Roman guards to guard his tomb because he knew that Jesus said he would rise again. Now, death is something, well, it's something that we don't always like to talk about. Many people ignore death, try to act like it's never going to happen to them, even though they know the clock is ticking towards death. Some of you don't go to funerals because you don't want to be reminded of it. I know people that don't go to hospitals because it, there's an eerie reminder that life is frail and that sickness could take their life. Some of you don't want to plan for a funeral. You don't want to talk about the songs or, 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 or what you want done. You don't want to buy a plot of land. You don't want to make arrangements because if you feel like you don't talk about it, somehow in your mind you think you can postpone it. But death is real. It's powerful. And it comes to all of us. I heard of three men talking about their funeral and um, what they would like people to say about them at their funeral. One man said that he would like people to say that he was a great person who cared about his community and made changes in his neighborhood. The second man said, well, I would like to be remembered as and like people to say he was a good father, a great husband, a family man. Someone worth modeling our life after. The third man thought for a second. He said, what I, what I would really like people to say, I would like for them to look down at my coffin and say, hey, I think he's moving. <laughs> None of us want to experience death, in part because we don't really know what's on the other side. Some people claim, some cynics claim that Jesus, well, he didn't really die. They claim that he passed out, went into a coma, and somehow on the third day rose again, rolled the st stone out, and then came out of the grave. I want us to think about that for a second. Do you realize that the Roman guards had a lot of experience at killing people? They had crucified thousands upon thousands of people in the area of Judea. When Jesus was, before Jesus was taken to the cross, they had beat him severely. The Roman guards would use a, a whip that they called the cat of nine tails. This whip had nine strands of leather on it. Each strand of leather would have glass and rock meshed into the leather. Each whip on a victim's back would tear chunks of flesh and expose bone. Some people would die simply because of the whipping. After Jesus was severely whipped that way, then he was nailed to a cross. Nails were, would pierce his wrist and then pierce his feet, agonizing pain bleeding, severe bleeding, and for hours he hung on that cross. When he was dead, just to make sure that he was dead, the soldiers didn't do this to all victims of crucifixion, but they did with Jesus because they wanted to make sure he was truly, truly dead. And so they took, they took a spear, 
and they jabbed it into the side of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that water mixed with blood came out. If you're a doctor and you know about physiology, you will understand that that is a symptom of death when, the, when your blood starts to separate and water comes out. So Jesus was dead. This wasn't a play. This wasn't a church reenacting the crucifixion, which can be dangerous at times as well. This is a real story. I heard of a big church that was doing a reenactment of the crucifixion of Jesus, and the pastor liked to have weapons that were real, just so it looked real. And in their play, they actually speared the side of Jesus, but they had a spring spear, but the soldier was so nervous he forgot to change it out. And so he used a real spear and speared the acting Jesus on the cross. I'm told that suddenly when he speared him, there was a voice that said, Oh my God, I've been stabbed. And this poor actor experienced some of the real pain of Jesus. I'm not talking about that kind of, uh, that, that kind of crucifixion. Several years ago, we, we actually did, uh, years and years ago, we at Davis School, we did a crucifixion. And one of our pastors, who's now Pastor John at New Life Melrose, he played the part of Jesus. And when they hoisted the cross onto the stage and dropped it, poor John fell off the cross. <laughs> I wasn't sure what he was going to do. I didn't know if he was just going to lay on the ground and act dead and wait till they hoisted him up. He thought quick and he just jumped back on the cross. <laughs> I like to think about it as the resurrection before the resurrection. And the message went forward. Jesus was stabbed in the side after hours of torturous death. The Roman guards checked him to see if he was still alive. Then his body was taken and his body was prepared, which means that they would wipe his body down, the blood, they would put ointments on him, they would prepare his body, it would take sometimes hours to prepare his body, so they could tell whether there was a heartbeat, whether there was breath, whether there was any living indication about him, because they spent hours preparing the body before they put, wrapped it tightly and put him in a tomb. Three days with no water, three days with no food. I can guarantee you that Jesus wasn't in a state of coma, wrapped up, no water, no food, being crucified, being beaten, and suddenly breaking out of his bandages, rolling back a stone that weighed a couple tons, and say, voila, I'm here. Jesus was dead. Now the significance of his death, Witnessed by many witnesses and his resurrection, witnessed by at least 500 people, the significance of the fact that he overcame bodily death is powerful. If you study scripture, you will discover that the Bible tells us that death entered into the world because of sin. There was no death before there was sin. Death is a consequence of sin. If you've never sinned, you don't die. 
Every person in this, in this world is born with a sin nature, even babies. But before there was a sin nature, there was Adam and Eve had no sin nature. And, and death only entered once they sinned. Jesus, in resurrecting from the dead and never dying again, gave credence to the fact that he was sinless. And so because he was sinless, he could overpower death itself. That's what scripture teaches us. Now, this is significant because it speaks to what Jesus did on the cross. And I want you to hear me very well. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 6 and 7, that when they went to look for his body, the angel said, he is risen just as he said he would. Jesus rose, never to die again, ascended into heaven and said, I will come back the way I, have the way I left, so I will come back again. Jesus' resurrection implies that Jesus is still alive, still living. And here's what I want you to understand. As the Apostle Paul began to speak about, in, in further scripture, began to teach us about the resurrection of Jesus, he makes clear that we understand that the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead is the same power that changes and transforms our lives today. It's resurrection power. Paul says that the most powerful force on the universe that has power over life and death, that can resurrect the dead and raise Jesus to the right hand of the Father, that same power, the power of the resurrected Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, that power is here right now, right here today, manifest in the presence of Jesus as we gather in Jesus' name. Now here's how the gospel works, and I wanted to make sure that on Resurrection Sunday, I made sure that I presented the gospel clearly. Because I believe there's a lot of people that are religious, and a lot of people that have grown up in America that do not understand the message of the gospel. The gospel is not joining a religion. Religion will not save you. Never, no religion mentioned in the Bible. Let me tell you, the fact that you grew up in a religion doesn't make you right with God. The fact that you were baptized as an infant doesn't make you right with God. The fact that you went to some classes and learned about the Bible doesn't make you right with God. The fact that someone blessed you doesn't make you right with God. The fact that you have a crucifix on your neck doesn't make you right with God. The fact that you have a Bible beside your bed that you seldom read doesn't make you right with God. The fact that you pray occasionally doesn't make you right with God. The fact that you have a tattoo with Jesus on your shoulder doesn't make you right with God. God. Those things do not make you a Christian. Listen to me. The fact that you attend New Life Community Church does not make you right with God. Come on now, let's get personal here. The only thing that makes you right with God is as you have experienced the resurrection power of Jesus and surrendered your life to the risen Savior. And Jesus was very clear about it. 
If you could hear the voice of Jesus speaking to you today, the resurrected living Jesus, I know he would say what he told his disciples years ago. What Jesus simply said is, come and follow me. Jesus said, if you love your life, you'll lose it. Jesus claimed, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. That is a experience that brings you into a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. There is no mention of religion there. It's all about relationship. And let me tell you what the gospel says, the clear living gospel. Jesus said two things. The apostles said two things. The early church said two things that you must do. You must repent and believe. Repent and believe. You must believe and repent or repent and believe. They both go hand in hand. What does it mean? To believe means that you have to believe what Jesus said about himself. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You have to believe that Jesus was not just a man, but he was the Son of God, and he was God himself. All God made man incarnate on this earth, living a perfect life without sin so that he could become the perfect sacrifice to pay for your sin and mine. You have to believe that your good works cannot get you into heaven. You have to believe that your self-improvement can't make you right before God. You have to believe that you need a Savior. You have to believe that his sacrifice was sufficient. You have to believe that Jesus paid in full the price for your sin and my sin. That's believing in faith. Repentance means a change of lifestyle. Repentance means I'm going one way and I turn around and I go in an opposite direction. It means a turnaround, a turnabout. Repentance means I know that I've been living in a way that's displeasing to God. And so now I choose a way that's God's way. It may be a harder way. It may be a more narrow way. It may be a more difficult way. But I choose the path of God because although the path is harder, the life is better in God, the life of God. Peace with God is what I want. The Bible says that the way that is... That is that leads to destruction is wide and a lot of people are on it. Listen, most people, most people are not living a relationship right with God. That's what the Bible teaches us. Most people are not right with God. Most people are on the way that leads to destruction. The Bible says, and Jesus taught this, the way that leads to life is narrow and few people find it. Not because it's not offered to everybody, but because in order to enter into the narrow way, you have to determine that you are no longer Lord of your life, but Jesus is Lord. You have to determine this is no longer my life and my rules and what I desire. I submit myself to a Savior and a Lord, and I choose to follow His way. That's what it means. And so there are very few people. People want religion but don't want relationship. If you want something easy, choose religion. It's a lot easier than relationship with the Most High God. You want religion? It's easy. Show up on Easter and Sunday. Put a little something in an offering plate. Say your prayers at night. You got religion. But I'm going to tell you, religion won't save you. 
Religion won't heal you. Religion won't cleanse you. But it's easy. Many people choose religion because it's easy. And then when you're in trouble, throw a prayer up to heaven. And hopefully the God, God in heaven will try to get you out of your trouble. That's religion. Most people in Chicago have religion. They don't have relationship with the Most High God. That's a Sunday affair. That's a holiday experience. That's what you post on Facebook. What are you? Religion, Christian, okay, you got it. But that is not relationship with the Most High God. Relationship with the Most High God will change your life. It will change the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you eat, the way you relate, the way you date, the way you marry, the way you raise kids, the way you breathe, the way you think, the way you move about life. It's a relationship that will alter who you are. That's relationship. That's why most people choose religion over relationship because relationship will change your life. Jesus said, you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You cannot be born again of your own power. You're only born again of the power of Jesus Christ. Oh, I talk to people all the time that say, I'm not ready yet, pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. No, no, you haven't understood the gospel yet. If you think that you have to eliminate all the four-letter cuss words before you come to God, for some of you, well, you can, it could take a long time. <laughs> long time. If you think you have to morally improve yourself, delete some websites on your internet, stop hanging out with certain people, try to clean up your mind, Forgive certain people. Stop doing what you're doing on the weekends. And say, I'm really trying. And once I get there, then I'll come to God. And then maybe I can become a follower of God. No, you'll never become a follower of God if you go about it that way. I can guarantee you. Because you don't clean yourself up and offer yourself to God. You come to God the way you are and let God change you, transform you, renew you, wash you, and cleanse you. It's the work of God. If you could do it, He would let you do it. You can't do it. It's a supernatural work of God that requires the resurrection power of Jesus to change you.
Well, we promised a very special Easter edition of Moody Presents, and listening to the students and staff all singing their Only a Holy God, together with Pastor Mark's message, wow, what a great finish. But we're not done yet. No, because maybe as you've listened today, you have really connected in a special way. You heard Pastor Mark say that you don't have to clean yourself up. You come to God and you let Him do the work. Well, how does He do that work? At your invitation, that's how. If you'd like to invite Jesus to be your Savior right now, let's pray. Lord, I believe that on that cross, you died for me to pay for my wrongdoing, my sins. And now, Lord Jesus, I invite you to forgive me. Please clean me up. Make me yours. I'm asking you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'd love to talk with you further about your prayer, your decision to to journey with Jesus the rest of your life. You can connect with us by email, moodypresents at moody.edu. Moodypresents at moody.edu. Our website, where you can hear today's message again, is moodypresents.org. On behalf of our teacher, Pastor Mark Job, I'm John Geiger wishing you a very happy Easter. Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.